welcome our guest. Uh, first time he's been on the show, Nate. Hey, thanks for having me on. Because uh, tonight we were doing a Star Wars bonus episode, just a general Star Wars talk, similar to our MCU talk we did, I think, back in July for Spider-Man. Um, we had <laughs> we had to outsource a guest because uh, Jess has never <laughs> seen any Star Warses, and I think, I don't know how many Nicole stayed awake for. I know she's I've made her watch them, but um, not her wheelhouse, uh, so we had to outsource a third, a third host. Um, so, this is basically just so we don't talk for three hours on Rise of Skywalker. When that comes out, that episode should be coming out in a few days. The movie should be out right now when you're hearing this. Um, but this is going to be spoilers for everything before that. So, all the movies, TV shows, everything's fair game, uh, as well as any speculation we have at the end. We don't. I don't think any of us know anything definitely, like any spoilers, but we're, we're not going to spoil... It'll spoil as far as our theories. Um, yeah. If you don't want any Star Wars anything spoiled at all, if you want to wait tough to rise Skywalker, you should, should pause this here. Um, oh, Mandalorian will come up too. If you're not caught up with that, I think up to episode five or six. So, all right, stop here, and we're gonna jump in. Uh, I think we're just gonna kind of go in release order because I think that's probably the best way to go. Uh, original trilogy is uh, you know four, five, and six: A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. The originals and Mama K, you, I believe, are the only one on the show, not only the only one who's old enough to have seen them all, but you have seen every <laughs> Star Wars movie in theaters, correct? I have. I've seen every Star Wars movies in, movie in theaters. I saw um, Star Wars, a new, which was just called Star Wars, but I guess it's now A New Hope. Yes, and, you old fans always say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just call it Star Wars. But um, yeah, I saw that in, uh, in L.A. at Grauman's Chinese Theater in the biggest screen I've ever seen a movie in at that time as you know a not quite teenager and it was super amazing um and then stood in line for the next two because that's when lines started happening so yeah <laughs> and uh nate you're around my age so you probably grew up with them in the vhs early dvd era i'm assuming yeah that's correct i was exposed to the original trilogy first through a uh a box set vhs box set that my grandma yes. got me from my like my fourth or fifth birthday, I mm. think. Wow, that was early though, right? I mean, four or five? That's pretty well, cool. When did I start? Yeah. That's probably when I started watching, or was it a couple years after? It probably was, but we had them, they weren't for you. <laughs> they were for us. And yeah, you... but once I got a hold of them, I was, it was at least one a day. Yeah, like... they actually, yeah, you took them in your room. You were like kind of obsessed about it, so. Yeah, I mean, you... with good reason. They're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, up until like starting elementary school, it was like as soon as I got the box out, it was basically uh, similar to Brennan, about you know, one a day. Yeah, and uh, so <laughs> I, I yeah, similar to Nate, won't echo that same that same uh, introduction. But uh, the New Ho New Hope and Empire are considered two of the best typically by fans jedi mm. tailing off a little bit either being third or some people actually like some of the prequel or sequel films better than jedi but i think universally you will find empire and new hope the most common favorites um i'll start with mom okay of the original three what is which one's your favorite and is it, i'm assuming it's probably your favorite in the entire entire series uh you're correct it's my favorite in the entire series and if you listen to me and on any other podcast you'll find out that i don't like second movies very much i don't mean to not like them it just sort of happens that way it's always a sophomore slump for me uh with the exception of star wars i love empire strikes back i love everything about empire strikes back 
we quote it frequently in our house for a lot of different reasons. And it's got a really, for me, I think as a girl, it has, you know, a bit of a backstory that's a love story. And I think that that's what I really like about it. Um, I like Jedi too. And I, I like New Hope. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike Jedi. I don't know. I mean, is it an Ewok problem? I'm not sure. Uh, it's but... a lot of things. I think Ewoks probably drives it. Um, there's some weird pacing issues there. Well, which Empire also has, I would argue. But uh, the beginning uh, sequence, while fun, is completely untethered from the rest of the movie. Um, the ending battle scene, it's like a three, three, the three-pronged battle. They don't really all sync up. Only one or two are really necessary. So there's problems with Jedi, like, storytelling-wise. But, um, I mean, I don't dislike Jedi. Yeah. And Nate, uh, of the original three, what do you got for your favorite? Yeah, I think it's evolved a little bit over time. I think when I first started watching... Star Wars, the ones that got probably the most play were A New Hope and uh, and Jedi. Um, I think, you know, as a kid, they're a little bit more upbeat and sort of happier (laughs) generally. There's some darker themes in in Empire that I think I probably struggled with a little bit more as like a four or five year old. Um, (laughs) I think over time, I've come to really appreciate the, I don't know not constantly good guys winning and, you know, only good things happening to them. Uh, that yeah. is, you know, a big theme throughout empire. Um, so yeah, I would say, I, I really don't know if I could pick a favorite between a new hope and empire in the original trilogy. I'd say probably empire is the better movie though, ultimately. And so did you see the remastered versions of them or the original originals? Yeah, so my uh, my first experience was like the '90s remastered, so like okay. not the early 2000s when they added, you know, Hayden Christensen, yeah, Force yeah. Ghost, and Jabba the Hutt squeal as <laughs> Han steps mm-hmm. on his tail and all of that. So right. I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, I've seen some clips from like the original release of Star Wars, you know, what we now call A New Hope. Yeah. And I think there are some things that, you know, the like 90s remastering, uh, I, I think that really benefited the, the movie in certain ways. Um, there were some changes, some minor yeah. ones. I know the, the even in the first cut is when the Greedo tampering started and um, there was mm-hmm. a little bit of like a, a additional digital work. But for the most part, it's yeah, it's pretty it, it polished the look. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the first remastering, the one in the early 2000s, I don't know, I think tried to retcon a number of <laughs> elements of the plot, but just yeah, that was he's gone too far in a few places. Bad, so. <laughs> pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I was lucky that I had Star Wars fan parents because I got to see the original <laughs> originals, um, the completely untampered, no, no Java scene, uh, no giant fuckery with Return of the Jedi. Just Return of the Jedi has been savaged. I mean, they change yeah. songs, they add. Uh, full sequences there's like a music video in it it's terrible it's ridiculous um but but i i similar to nate always watch jedi and new hope going up probably jedi the most i probably watch jedi every day and then would usually flip a new hope on after and i'd do empire like yeah like once a week like and eh, not too much empire but um yeah but you know older i i think a new hope has to still be my favorite it's one of my favorite movies of all time it's like just like really close to a perfect movie for me um it's got problems like they all do uh and empire though most people's favorite still might be my least favorite just because i don't get into empire until about halfway through i don't love hoth um dagobah (laughs) doesn't get good until it gets weird and crazy 
Cloud City's yeah. great. Nothing wrong with the end. The end is great in, in Empire. Uh, but Hoth is not a fun place for me. I don't I don't enjoy a lot of the Wampas and the the the, the snow battle. I'm sure, which was mind breaking at the time, is just just it's, it's just a lot of snow for me. Um, Brennan, I gotta ask: Is it too reminiscent of Maine winters for you? Does it remind <laughs> you of home a little bit? Too I much? I think I first saw it in when we lived in Georgia. So if anything, it should have been refreshing. But uh, yeah, most of my repeat views. We're in the, in the main atmosphere, um, but no, Jedi for me is de- admittedly a worse film than Empire and way more uneven. But the stuff in Jedi that I really like, I really like more than my favorite moments of Empire. My favorite moment in the whole series is in Jedi. It's that ending, Palpatine, Vader, Luke confrontation. All all that is just it's my favorite stuff in Star Wars, um, and I love Jabba's palace. It's just a fun fun sequence. Uh, but I think that's that's where we'll leave the original trilogy. We'll move on to a much more controversial, uh, less less fully loved uh, the the prequel trilogy. That is the Phantom Menace, yeah. Attack of the Clones, and uh, Revenge of the Sith coming out. Uh, yes, 15, 16 years after Return of the Jedi, Lucas wrote and directed everything. He had a lot of the control. This is pretty much all Lucas in this in this trilogy, and um, it's a bit polarizing with the fans. Uh, okay, as you are the older Star Wars fans, and you yeah. were a full adult uh, when these came out, what do <laughs> you think of these prequels yes. here? Maybe George should have asked for some help from a friend. He could have phoned a friend or something. These just were... It was so exciting to have new Star Wars material to come out and disappointing when it actually did. I mean, the first thing you get is Phantom Menace and uh, Jar Jar Binks and this little kid that's put in this position to like carry a movie that he has no business carrying. Um, So I thought, you know, okay, each one of these is going to get better. And I think maybe they did a little bit. Um, There are pieces. I would argue they did, but not everyone thinks that but yeah. yeah it was just too bright and shiny for me i needed something it was um and i and maybe that was what was happening i mean i remember the time but it's you know it was it was very bright very shiny um and then then there was also hayden christensen so yeah and also natalie portman neither <laughs> one of them well you don't like favorite. natalie portman in general oh natalie really portman understand is that. a bright spot yeah no, she's the bright spot I mean, in she... I don't know about I don't know about in Phantom okay, or or Sith, but Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones, she's really good. I will argue. I don't know though, but there's this whole Queen Amidala and what's her alter ego? Um, Padme, it's Queen Amidala. And yeah, Padme. Padme. Yeah. It, it was it was really hard to Queen Amidala was such a oh my god when she talked I wanted to die <laughs> and just. And 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 I didn't find Padme that much more refreshing, honestly. Um, and then you put her across from Hayden Christensen, where they had zero chemistry, and it's it was it was kind of disastrous. I think the storylines could have you know could have really benefited from some better writing and acting. I think the story you know like the overall or arcing story. But yeah, those were all three major disappointments. And uh, Nate, you were around my age when these came out. You were a younger kid. What did you think of the prequels? Not just when they came out, but I guess what what is your matured opinion? Uh, I think whenever I talk about the prequels, I I feel like I I feel like there's a a strong evolution in my views of them and really a, a journey that I've been on with them ever since their release. 
you know, I think <laughs> the journey. I love that description. <laughs> I think the Phantom Menace came out when I was like six or something. Um, so I was, you know, a year, two years into my experience and watching of, of Star Wars and learning about the uh, Star Wars universe. And so, you know, at that age, you know, to to hear that there was new Star Wars and the opportunity to experience that, you know, for the first time, at least personally, in a, a movie theater was like super exciting. I subsequently saw all three in theaters, I think multiple times, loved all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really a perfect age. Um, there was a ton that Lucasfilm was doing with merchandising around that time, including you know, Star Wars action figures and yeah. Legos and, and everything else. And that was sort of perfect time period to come out. Um, and, you know, age for me to enjoy all of that. I think, you know, as I got a little bit older, maybe a teenager in rewatches, you know, a lot of the, the elements where you can really see the prequel struggling and a lot of the flaws started to kind of show themselves. Um, you know, it's... Yes, yes, they do. I, I think I rewatched <laughs> the prequels just like two, maybe three months ago, and, you know, undeniably, a number of Anakin's lines are just horribly cringeworthy um, and just yeah. almost irredeemable. <sighs> so for a long time, you know, I, I think I, like most of the general populace felt the prequels were really something to be ashamed of and not really discussed. I think as far as my journey with the prequels goes, um, there was really a resurgence in appreciation for them and enjoyment that happened. I don't know. Well, it probably started happening five ish years ago. People started coming out of the prequel closet. I, yeah, I think they did. Um, (laughs) I think there's a number of like elements that were rolled into that. First, there was a couple of, you know, content creators and people making, uh, you know, podcasts or or movies or videos rather online uh, that took kind of another view, um, put another lens on rewatches of the the prequels and showing where some of the actual elements of, for instance, in the Phantom Menace, some of the, like the plot around this the Skywalker kind of trajectory and, and story were actually really interesting um, and in some ways done done better than certain elements of the the plot in the original trilogy. Um, I think that that. in addition to the, you know, there's a really strong meme culture around the prequel movies online Mm -hmm. that, you know, at at minimum, I think it started off as sort of a, oh, let's have fun laughing at this poorly produced film, but sort of evolved somewhere. And I think that was kind of subconsciously for many of the people participating in that prequel meme culture but like actually transitioning towards a real and genuine enjoyment (laughs) and love for the prequels (laughs) um i think so those two things coupled with i've actually within the last like year or two started reading through a number of the star wars canon books a number of which occurred either right before or during the sort of the era of the prequels and have given me some I don't know, some additional context and background, particularly there's mm-hmm. one book, Master and Apprentice, that uh, really goes into the, uh, the history of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's relationship as Master and Apprentice and gives yeah. some more context around that, which has, you know, made rewatches of The Phantom Menace particularly interesting. There's a book, I'm sort of blanking on it right now, um, that actually, 
you know, goes into the whole, what sort of seems weird when you watch it for the first time of the, like, Queen Amidala Padme, like, what's she doing there? But it actually explains, mm-hmm. like, decoy. the, yeah, the history behind, like, the decoy and why there's, like, a queen voice yeah. and then why she's, like, a totally different person <laughs> with, like, a different personality. I might need to read that book, though. Yeah, it's yeah. actually... Well, that's the thing about ex- the expanded universe, whether it's can I mean, there's legends at this point, the stuff pri- prior to the Disney acquisition, but there's also canon books like, right. like Master and Apprentice where it adds a lot of context to the prequels and definitely helps you appreciate them more, whether or not the movies are actually good on their own is much more debatable, but with context yeah. and additional uh, materials that... that yeah. You know, Star Wars fans like Nate and myself read and 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 dig into. It's it adds it adds some something additional. And to I'm the movies. you know I'm wide eyed that those details probably weren't envisioned at the time of filming of the Phantom Menace or any of the other prequels. But I think sure. you know the governing bodies behind Star Wars and the you know, the movies and the broader universe have done a really good job in kind of thoughtfully constructing. Uh, background and, and histories that really reinforce and actually kind of I- improve the movies um, in in post. I'm almost okay. I've almost reached where you are. I'm kind of still stuck at the uh, so good it's bad laughing at it phase. Um, I have not come around to full appreciation. There's definitely things I like and appreciate in them, and there's moments in all of them. Um, and when I think about the larger universe, I don't hate it as much as I did in my in-between phase where you know I've, I've grown up i you know they come out when you're a kid you're gonna love them there's star wars i'm sure kids love the new ones now and and you should it's awesome and then you get to adult you start kind of questioning like oh i don't know if why why did darth vader build c-3po it seems weird and like <laughs> oh is jar jar really the choice that we wanted to go with he's supposed to be the, the mastermind oh and the entire plot of Attack of the Clones doesn't make any sense at all. Huh? But like, then you come back around to it and be like, well, you look at expanded material, you hear other people's opinions who actually enjoy it. Um, and I, I can see that I still kind of go back and, you know, entrenched in this prequel meme culture, laugh at it in a lovingly like slapsticky way. Um, not that Star yeah, Wars was, was ever ask- non campy. I think, I think you could argue the whole series is a little campy across the board. Um, but I appreciate them more in that way than genuine, like, work of art movie way. Like, I do the original shows. I think they are actually, you know, works of art movies compared to the, the prequels. Okay, I cut you off there. What were you going to say? No, that's, I was just thinking that I was going to ask, you know, how much you think, like, nostalgia plays into that. Because I think that when, you know, I hear you guys talk about it, it sounds like, you know, it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit you're nostalgic for that time period of your life and like maybe the shows that you were also walking watching on nickelodeon and you know that kind of thing mm. so i just wondered if i think there's that maybe, plays into it maybe at all. i don't know i don't really know if i think too much about that time i want i don't really remember that much of the time in my life i don't even remember seeing phantom medicine theaters i i remember seeing attack of the clones because i was an attack of the clones fan back in the day that was my favorite recognizing now it's yeah you were maybe the worst of the three maybe it's debatable <laughs> Um, but uh, you were just Django Fett. You were like Django Fett's Django fucking Fett sweet. He, like, <laughs> he, he is. He's a simple man trying to make his way in the universe. He's great. Uh, he's also Australian uh, somehow. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, well, a lot of them had a very strange accent. They'll do their job well. Years, so 
It made me, <laughs> it made me kind of appreciate Boba Fett more because Boba Fett didn't do fucking shit in the original, but everyone loves him because his yeah. armor's sweet. And now you have the same guy with the sweet armor <laughs> gets eaten by a Sarlacc. I mean, yeah, and at least Django. I mean, he he, he loses his life to a to a, a Jedi Master. At least a little more um, uh, uh, more deserved. But uh, again, also problems with Django. He was the impetus for a giant clone army that the Republic has, but he's standing up with Dooku and the big bat. Like, there's so many little things like that other than the big obvious ones. I mean, we won't even discuss midichlorians and whether or not that's a good thing or not. It's, it's, I was going to bring that I think up. We don't need to. I, maybe we do. <laughs> no, just to go back, uh, I think the take on, um, you know, nostalgia being a big point, I think, I think that is a good take. And I think that you know, it's one I'm trying to be cognizant of in watching uh, the sequel trilogy and kind of subsequent Star Wars movies, anthology movies that are coming up now. I was actually rewatching The Last Jedi yesterday and, you know, appreciating certain parts of it. <laughs> we'll um, talk about your opinions on that in just a minute, but yeah, I mean. But yeah, trying to. And I know your opinion on that. Trying to keep in mind that, like, yes, I was in an age where I was a lot less critical and a lot less likely to judge the prequels when they were coming out. And, you know, my I mean, looking back on them is, is undeniably and, you know, unquestionably tainted by nostalgia in a way that, you know, the movies currently being released just, just can't be. Yeah. Yeah. I, and to the. We'll end the prequel note because we all saw Star Wars the original three at a young age, albeit different time periods, but all originally. Right. I mean that has nostalgia in, in in it too. The only difference between those and and the prequels and I guess the movies that come out now is we saw those fifteen eight night anyway fifteen twenty years after they came out. Like effects had already advanced some and it still looked pretty good. And I would argue. For the most part, the, the, the new additions, other than new songs and weird, you know, just random shit you didn't need, at least the effects have been updated to the point where it can keep up with modern audiences, and then when, you know, you have the next generation of people going back and watching them, they can be like, oh, this hangs with movies of the day, it keeps up, it's not a, you know, a lot of time you watch a movie 40 years ago, it doesn't hold up, but I think, I think the original three hold up pretty well, and time will tell if the prequels can can follow but um the- yeah i don't know there's the one part uh, at the end of um of a new hope when they're shooting the into the death star <laughs> and darth vader's yeah they're <laughs> darth vader's behind him and he looks like he's unscrewing the top of like a soda i know exactly something. what you're talking about he's 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 <laughs> He's getting his targeting computer ready. He's clicking. He's, he's... I know what he's doing, but he he does the exact same move about twelve times. Well, and then, you know they only had so know. much footage that actually looked right. And... I, I know, but even at the t- I remember even at the time going, what the? I mean, does he have like a two liter bottle of Pepsi under there? What is happening? Yeah, there's a lot of weird so... shots in, in when, when the when the X wings blow up, they're still flying completely yeah. straight for some reason. Like, yeah, it's it's a little right. dated. Yes, there's matte painting, and it's the like... same shot. It's the same shot about three times of the X wing getting two, 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 and then we get the X wing. <laughs> it's like it's, okay, it's well, really funny that you like mentioned some of these like flaws from the original trilogy because. <laughs> <laughs> like I still find myself in rewatches being like, "Wow, I've given that a pass like forty times." Like that's a detail oh. that like should be just laughably bad. <laughs> that right. you know, I just totally did not even care about for you know most of the last twenty years. 
I mean, I don't I think find I give, comfort in it, though. I don't give any movie more of a pass than <laughs> Phantom Menace. And Nate, I know because of the backstory, you enjoy that possibly more than Attack of the Clones. But Phantom Menace is so problematic in a million ways. But we, we've spent a lot more time on the prequels than I thought <laughs> yeah. we would. Let's jump forward yeah. to modern movies, ones made in the past 10 years. The sequel trilogy, which is currently only two movies, although by the time you're hearing this, there will be a third one released. We'll do our own episode on Rise of Skywalker. But Force Awakens and The Last Jedi Two extremely different movies, I would argue, uh, and I'll let Nate go first on this one. What do we think of the What do we think of the new sequel trilogy? Yeah, uh... and and none of us have seen Rise of Skywalker. Just to clarify, if it hasn't already been clear, none of us At have seen point, Rise of Skywalker. Right, right, right. When you're hearing this, yes. Yeah, no, I like a lot about both movies. I will admit, the thing I like most about either one is that it is more Star Wars. And above all, what I want is more of this universe. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you. I think my biggest issue is the plot choice, sort of the overarching, like, continued thread through all, well, by the time this podcast is released, three movies, plot of, I don't know, what sort of feels like another redux of the the Empire versus... The rebels, you know, it's they have different names yeah. now. They're called yes. the the First Order and the Resistance, but it, it sort of feels like we've heard this, you know, and we've seen this story play out before. And you know, they're really—I I don't know—I felt like there could have been more interesting ways to take the the trilogy and the franchise um, as connected to the the Skywalkers. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I like a lot of the additional Star Wars universe that we get. And I think there's a lot of really fun Star Wars moments. I don't love the sort of big narrative arc and and plot. I think I have some additional issues, primarily with The Last Jedi and some of the choices Ryan Johnson made about, (laughs) I don't know, what really felt like redefining certain things about the Star Wars universe that we had already really well established, you know, at this point over a decade ago. Um, I think the, you know, Leia sort of, Brennan, I forget what you... Leia Poppins. Oh, yeah, uh, Mary Mary Poppins (laughs) back into the ship. That was particularly jarring in Rewatch yesterday. Um, It just, it feels... Insanely jarring. It feels (laughs) wrong. It feels like not something that happens even to Force users. It feels unnecessary. It feels like, you know, if she had had a fiery end... Um, it would have been one that, you know, they could have had a nice memorial service and they could have played some great John Williams score behind it. And there could have been some funny looking aliens right, that like right. beat on a drum or something. I mean, she should have had Admiral Holdo's death where she makes the coolest move in, you know, you say what you have with The Last Jedi. Yeah. The, the, the Holdo maneuver is fucking sweet. Yes. It's really good. Why? They gave that to the wrong, they gave that to the wrong character. Right. Why did sure. they give it to this character who we've known for 20 minutes when you could have given it to one of the franchise's most important characters who is not yeah. alive anymore to do it. I mean, if you're going to have to send her off somehow, right. it's a pretty sweet way to do it. So my it. other issue with that, and I agree, that is a sweet move. I think that Haldo, by the end of the movie, is a cool character that you can really appreciate. I am yes. just continually confused, though, why they decided to withhold from the viewer her intentions all along. When, like, I don't know, are, are we supposed to be Poe Dameron? Are we supposed to, like, feel his confusion and, you know, 
subsequent rebellion to her leadership or like i don't know just, well, I just hate us the in. message of this uh, i hate the message of there's like four plots in the last jedi and that's my least favorite i hate the message in that is blindly follow authority that is really right because the message they eventually know like what the right move is and if you just like try not to be you know uh, overachiever who really is committed to the work and you know saving there's no reason not friends. to tell poe to right it's there's just a lot of problems with yeah. Anyway, so I, I have a number of issues with The Last Jedi, the whole hop and zing back into the ship, the, you know, really <laughs> slow-mo space chase, um, the way they've sort of... Yeah, too much space. Redcon the way shields work in Star Wars. Um, yes, we've had a conversation about that before. <laughs> yeah, I don't. none of that felt necessary to me, and I get the Ryan Johnson's a really creative and dynamic director, and you know, wanted to leave some mark on the uh, the movie, and I appreciate that that's not easy when there are sort of well established guidelines and sort of you know uh, bowling bumpers to yeah. you know drive the production of the movie down. I appreciate that's not easy, but it sort of makes me question why. Or, you know, wonder if he was the best choice to continue an existing trilogy rather than, you know, maybe give him a shot at directing an anthology where he can take more chances and do things a little bit differently. Be creative and, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe stick to canon. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, what do you think of these two thus far? Uh, well, there's a lot of space. Um, I like planet-based movies. When you say space, so, you mean literally uh, outer space in which you do not like your Yeah, literally a lot of <laughs> things happening. Except you like yeah, Marvel and Star Wars, which are literally always in space. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite ones take place on a planet. doesn't necessarily have to be Earth. Sure. Um, yeah, I was really, when, when we were watching um, the Mary Poppins piece, I really thought in my head, did... Star Wars really just like jumped the shark like completely forever. I had that moment in my head. Not... I did. <laughs> did you really like first time watching it? I was I was liking Last Jedi quite a bit. Like I felt a little weird yeah. at times, but like once that happened, I was well. First when she blew out of the ship, I was like, "Holy shit, that's a crazy way to do that!" And then she opens her eyes yeah. and the, her theme starts playing, and no. she's literally Mary Poppinsing through the space. I'm like, "Oh, oh no, no, I don't think I like this." Like when you're watching a Star Wars <laughs> and you're a hardcore fan, you're jittery and like so excited that you can't even tell what's good or bad. You're just like, "Yeah, Star Wars," but even I, it cut through right. my my Star Wars high, and I realized what I was watching. Yeah, <laughs> it was a moment. I really of, did. It was a was sobering really like, moment. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like I like The Last Jedi. I like it um, actually better than the other one that I can never remember the name of. Exactly, um, Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, The Force that's good, Awakens. That's exactly... Uh, that for me yes. was The the Force Falls Asleep because I just had... I had, I had so much trouble um, like trying to get into the new characters of that. It wasn't enough for me the that the, you know they were bringing in the old characters to sort of usher in the new the new guard and then when you you know kill han solo i'm not really behind well, that harrison ever. ford's wanted han solo dead since empire like harrison ford's wanted a way out well i mean you know what time. that is harrison ford's that's that's his that's his leisure that's fine that's great for him but same thing with Ryder lawrence cast and he also wanted to kill han solo off an empire but so i i think and and I just wasn't really connecting with the characters and I actually started connecting with them more um in the last Jedi than I did in the Force Awakens. I think um I'm I'm kind of a curmudgeon that way. I have a hard time really embracing new 
new things into to a universe that I know like if if we're going to talk about the other movies too that came in between that I I'm not a fan. Uh Solo's fine. Um I did sleep through a lot of it. And uh Rogue One, I just I don't even understand what's going on in that movie because I tried to put it in the Star Wars universe that I knew and so oh, nice. that's we could fight exactly... about that in about three minutes. Um <laughs> Okay. I'm I'm ready to fight about it now. I mean I'm good I'm good to I'll go brief. as far as like those two movies those two movies and then I'm really I am excited though about the third one. I'm hoping that um things come to fruition for me and that I can kind of make peace with it all. I'll brief through my opinions on here because you guys have expressed a lot of what I think. Uh I would say Last Jedi for me is a better movie. Force Awakens is a better Star Wars movie. Um, I like last, if last Jedi was just a random space adventures with these characters that I hadn't had such a long connection with, I would really love it. Um, there's a lot of things I like about it. I don't have as much problem with the Rose yeah. Finn storyline as most people have. I think the worst is the Poe. I like her. I wouldn't go that far, but I like the storyline, but, um, the problem is in the larger universe, the last Jedi is jarring and weird compared to the force awakens, which came first. So it's the establishing piece. And I think JJ Abrams is a better crowd pleasing, big blockbuster director. And Ryan Johnson's more of a weirdo who will make weirdo movies. Um, it would have been better if he did his own star Wars movie off to the side. Maybe I know he has his own trilogy planned, not related to the Skywalkers, that could be fine on its own. Um, but JJ is better at the big main saga pieces. Um, having said that, I don't really like The Force Awakens that much. It's probably my least favorite of the movies that have come out under the Disney umbrella. Um, it's really boring, and I don't really revisit it that much. Yeah. It's it's not it's not it's this is what sucks about it is it's not bad at all. It's just nothing really interesting. I've revisited all three of the other. Disney movies more than Force Awakens. Um, I still see them all four or five times in theaters, but uh, that's my thing on those. I don't need to harp on it. I think we, you guys get it where we, the three of us, are on those. Let's move to the ones that apparently make Mama K sleep the most, the anthology films. That's Rogue <laughs> One and uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. We will keep The Mandalorian for the very end. Um, so, Mama K, other than sleeping, do you have any additional thoughts before I jump to Nate and and I, and we'll tell you why Rogue One's really good. <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, I'm going to go with No, Not Really. Wait, why is Rogue One really good, and why is Solo also quite good? I'm happy to tell you that, Brennan. Uh, <laughs> so both Bring it. Change both my Rogue opinion. One and Solo are by far, at least as of, as of taping, this is before The Rise of Skywalker, my favorite Disney-era Star Wars movies to date. Um, I think, so starting with Rogue One. Rogue One, what I what I started off when talking about the uh, sequel trilogy is, you know, ultimately what it is, is it's more Star Wars, and that's what I want most. Mm-hmm. What Rogue One is, is it's more Star Wars, but it's specifically more Star Wars about something that we already know quite a bit about and, you know, have fallen in love with, and that's the original trilogy. You know, it gives more context and more backstory to... A story that, you know, we all know and love. And furthermore, you know, while I think with Jin, they probably could have done, you know, chosen a slightly different character that isn't, you know, kind of so reminiscent already of Rey. Um, but yeah. I, th- I think she is, I think yeah, she does like a good colder job. Rey, though. She's like a less, yes. in, like, charismatic and able to engage with Ray. I mean, well, yeah, they have and, similar back, they have similar backstories yes. orphaned on exactly planets, the weird, weirdo planets taking empire stuff going on. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I think despite that, and you know, like 
she's only got one movie arc to really engage with. So, you know, we're never going to get really strong ties with any of the characters in Rogue One. But I think she did a decent job. I think Cassian's a good, I would argue, maybe even a slightly more enjoyable version of uh, of a Poe Dameron. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, he's a little bit more... The good guys in, in Rogue One, you know, they're good guys, but they're... I, I think they represent the the reality of the Star Wars universe in that time period in that the good guys are good, you know, most of the time, but they're not, you know, this sort of whitewashed, just like ultra pure, um, goody two shoes, you know, like they are. Right. I mean, our introduction to Cassian is he murders him, an ally. Exactly. He has to, because he has to for the greater good, but still there's some grayness there. There's some, I don't know, some more ambiguity in that just, I think, gives the characters more texture and a little bit more to latch onto and more to appreciate about them. Um, it's also part of why I, I really like Rogue One is, you know, I think it's a really compelling, albeit, you know, contained in a single movie plot that gives us more information about something that we already know and love. But then there's also sort of the, the backstop of like, you know, almost everybody that is on the good side dies. And that's just not something that's right. not hmm. sort of a, a sacrifice that we're used to seeing um, in the trilogy movies. And I think it's really refreshing talking about solo for a moment. You know, again, I think solo is just more star Wars, more context, more background about, you know, not specifically a large narrative arc that we've come to know and love, but specifically a character, two characters, really. And I think just learning more about Han Solo, where he came from, his backstory, what made him the scruffy-looking nerf herder that he <laughs> is, is amazing. Uh, I think Alden, I'm not sure how to say his last name, Ehrenreich? Ehrenreich. Yeah. I think he does a good job. Um, I really like Emilio Clark as his sort of love interest and sidekick. I think, yeah, the, the story itself is not ultimately that important, but, you know, it's more Star Wars. It's more about the universe. It's more fun. I think Donald Glover does a fantastic job. Yeah, I think it's just a, I agree. a blast. He's a good young Lando. And, um, yeah, I, I so I have similar views. I think the anthology films, by and large, I know it's two versus two as of right now, but they're by and large more enjoyable for me. Um, and I think that at first we'll do solo cause I have less thoughts on solo. Um, solo for me is a little more forgettable for the most part. There's characters I like, there's moments I like. Um, and it's like, it's like a fun little romp kind of movie, but like it doesn't, for me, it has the least impact on the larger universe. Um, doesn't mean I don't like it, I, but it definitely feels smaller. There's, you know, some teasers at the end that makes you think, oh, we got more shit coming, but based on the box office, I'm not sure, which I, I, I it sucks that Last Jedi sucked the air out of Star Wars for a lot of fans because Solo should have got a better reception. It really is, it, it deserved more, but, um, but for Rogue One, I can gush a little bit about Rogue One because Rogue One is definitely my favorite of the new, uh, the new movies, the new Disney movies. Um, yeah, I, I, Jin, I have similar problems with Nate. She's, she's okay. She's got some problems to connecting with people, yeah. though. It's a common criticism of Rogue One. Um, I don't love Cassian as much as you do. I think he's good in spurts. I think our side characters, though, are my favorite. Um, 
Alan Tudyk's robot. I uh, can't remember his 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 like uh, serial number, um, but he he's he's his comedy works, which doesn't always work in, for me in Star Wars the comedy bits. But he he he's solid. The pilot Bodhi Rook really like him. Uh, the the Imperial um, turncoat, I suppose. And then the best is the the Guardians of the Wills, Chirrut and Maze. They are really fun together. Chirrut is my favorite character in the movie. I am one with the Force, and the Force with me very much resonates. And oh, yeah. like you said, pretty much everyone dies, and a lot of the deaths hit home. <laughs> um, you know, if I had to nitpick or did not like certain things, uh, I wish Forrest Whitaker would stop being that guy in every movie, and he was really shoehorned <laughs> in. I think I think reshoots really diminished his his play i think he probably had a bigger role other than guy who tells Jin to come and then in right three scenes later he's old and hobbly with robot legs and he's feeding <laughs> you know people to a giant octopus creature i think there was a lot of uh, character development that probably happened between those two scenes that we did not get to see um that we missed and there's a lot of nostalgia yeah. play fair um some people don't like the cgi tarkin some people don't like the cgi leia um, you know, there's a literal blue milk zoom in, but there's things in there like the gold leader, red leader part. When that happened in the movie where I first yeah. saw it, I was like, I was like shitting myself. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is such good continuity. And and above all, what Rogue One does is it makes me like A New Hope, my favorite Star Wars, even more. And that's a really big accomplishment for a movie made today. Like it makes and it makes one of the biggest loopholes, flaws you could say in A New Hope with the whole. You fly down a trench, you blow it up with one little exhaust port. It makes that whole not an accident and not like an oversight, but a planned demise by an inside job. Like it, it strengthens a new hope for me. And yeah, Rogue One is a very successful movie in in most regards for me. Um, let's hop to Mandalorian because Mandalorian's pretty fucking sweet. Um, I'll remind yeah. people here: spoilers for Mandalorian. I think we'll be at least doing up to episode five and six. So cut it off if you haven't seen yeah. those yet. Uh, and and come back later. Um, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Mama K for this one since she didn't have much for the anthologies. What do you think of Mandalorian so far? <laughs> so I was really looking forward to Mandalorian mainly because it starts at the end of uh, Jedi. So right. um, I I was pleasantly surpri- surprised that there was a lot of sand. So we were on a planet. I'm happy about that. A lot of planets um, in Mandalorian. In yes. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of primarily on planets planets. (laughs) yeah um and a planet that i'm you know familiar with so i mean we're on tatooine we go to moss eisley all of these things are familiar to me i think in every episode there's a little lanyap for me you know a little a little piece that says don't forget this is for the you know the diehards we know that you've that you've seen these and that you've memor that you memorize pieces and that you know this um storyline uh having said that um, I was a little concerned that it's about a bounty hunter because that's not my favorite part of Star Wars. And I was also concerned once I started watching it that it was very slow. At first I told my husband, I'm like, you need to turn this up because I can't hear anything. And he said, nothing's happening. No one's talking. There's no sound whatsoever. It's just this is the show. <laughs> so I was like, huh. So that first episode was a little hard. I was a little worried. And honestly, it doesn't really, I mean, it picks up some. It's really kind of. Uh, slow moving but I feel like each episode I learn a little bit more about Mando I do want to know are they all called Mando he has a real name they haven't used it on the show but we learn at some point that the Mandalorians are a very underground community Uh, so it sounds like only a few ever surface at a time like they kind of take shifts maybe 
Um, but yeah, he's he's one of the few <laughs> visible Mandalorians in the galaxy. So it's interesting to you know when when you are talking about this whole new culture that's coming up, this that you're learning about, um, and then you know, and then there's the child, then there's Baby Yoda, and I just can't stop with him. I can't. No one can. And like everybody else, the entire internet cannot. I know. It's no impossible. one can. It's it's impossible. Just before this episode, we were talking about the new Baby Yoda drink that you can get and or that you can make at home and. I think that there's going to be a lot of Baby Yoda at Christmas time for people getting Baby Yoda-ish gifts. Um, so I I love that part of it. I like I like the pace of the storytelling. I didn't really think I was going to like that. And um, up through episode four, maybe you're getting a lot of you're learning a lot about them. And then I felt like episode five, maybe even episode six, a little bit was more just. Here's here's a story, and then mm-hmm. okay, he still has Baby Yoda. Okay, that's great. All right, end of story. Okay, um, so I don't know. Sometimes you're just getting introduced to things. I'm like, I don't know. Is this going to come together at some point? But I do like that. I I like him going around. I like his um, I like his dedication to the order. Like it seems like a really difficult thing to be, almost like a, a monk assassin. I don't know. Like the Jedi Something like that. Well, <laughs> really know, arbitrary, rigid like... rules that make your entire civilization look kind of villainous <laughs> to the outside perspective. Well. So monk assassin. I think the Empire did nothing so... wrong. Cis <laughs> <laughs> um, forever. Fetter shaven <laughs> event systems. Dooku did nothing wrong. Okay. Nate, what do you... <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is your Thanos theory also during... Yeah. <laughs> Nate, what do you got for the Mandalorian? Yeah, uh, so similarly super excited when I heard about this TV program, this Star Wars program coming to us, and I gotta say I've been just loving it so far. I think I really like the pacing of it. I think it is it is slower at times, but I think in a, I don't know, I think in a thoughtful way, I think in a more mature way, it's, you know, it doesn't suffer from some of the hokiness and some of the goofiness that this Disney era Star Wars movies don't, you know, I wouldn't say they're full of them, but they all have a little bit of that in there. Um, and the Mandalorian so far has really been devoid of that completely, which has been really nice um, and and appreciated. I think they're doing a really nice job kind of slow playing the character and, you know, slowly yeah. peeling the uh, the layers of the onion back. I think one of the, I think that's one of the most exciting elements to the the show is learning more about Mandalorian culture. Um, You know, I think, Brennan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, the only two and, you know, arguable whether they're actually full Mandalorians, but the only two that we ever saw prior to this were the Fets, Jango and Boba. In in film canon, that's correct. I believe there yeah. were some in the Clone Wars, but in film canon, yes. Right. And, and yes, you are also right that it is arguable whether or not they are true Mandalorians yes. or something else. But that is, that's another hour-long podcast we'll get into another time. Which is actually, you know, I mean, one of my favorite things. Uh, you know, what I want is to learn more about the Star Wars universe, in particular sort of the mid and outer rim, and also, you know, less focused on sort of the royalty and the high profile figures that the trilogies are, you know, mostly focused on most of the time. So like seeing, you know, 
who is, you know, obviously an incredible fighter and, and bounty hunter and whatnot, but is otherwise an insignificant character in the Star Wars universe, just kind of going about his life and, you know, seeing the seedy, you know, backwater planets and cantinas and all that stuff. Like, that's just, you know, I, I could watch that all day. I know this is a um, show you've been waiting for for a long Just this kind of Star Wars. This exactly. Completely unrelated to the main story. Just the universe It's expanding. It's really refreshing to have something that's just totally unrelated to the Skywalkers, I think. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. more stories to tell in, yes. uh, in Star Wars. And, yeah, I'm excited that, well... There are a couple more TV shows announced, some of which do seem a bit more Skywalker-focused than others. Um, yes. But I'm excited to get more of this. I'm actually really sad that there's only eight chapters. And, well, I am actually current as of through chapter seven now. So really, uh, I have not really dreading that, that there's either. only one one more. Yeah. Well, I, I, can, I can say that chapter seven great. is... It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. I, I enjoyed almost everything. I enjoyed one through three and that arc of sort of getting to know who Mando is and and Baby Yoda, which I, I got to say is another, you know, I, I love Baby Yoda in the same way that, you know, the millions online do. And I'd say probably my favorite thing about him is that it was enough to convince uh, Tara, my wife, to watch the show with me. Um you know, heretofore, you she has largely not been a fan of the uh, the Star Wars scene, uh, but, you know, something that adorable, which I think if, you know, if the show had been, you know, really kid-focused, that would be less less exciting for viewers, but the fact that it is such, like, a relative to Star Wars mature and kind of sober storyline just to accidentally have this adorable creature that works so well, I think is just, you know, TV gold. Right. That's a big thing is that baby Yoda is not jarring. It's not weird that he's here. It, it, it fits still. And yeah, there's the larger implications of, we don't know what Yoda's race is. There's only other been one other, uh, of his species in the series that was Yaddle in the, in the prequels. But yeah, it's, you know, we don't know anything about his species. So seeing that is interesting. And like you said, Mandalorian's, as a whole, we we know a lot about their culture, their their war, their civil war through kind of osmosis and just the general general additional materials from the movies. But yeah, it's our first protagonist that we've really followed. Um, I the first three episodes, like you kind of said, all fit together. I feel like it's almost like a movie itself. Uh, and then since then, it's been mostly episodic. Like I said, I haven't seen episode seven yet, so it's possible things shake up or or something new is added. I, I don't know. Just a little bit. But, um, I'm I'm hoping, um, right. but the, another thing to really mention about Mandalorian, it's it's made by the people who just take so much care, and I've gushed about this man so many times in this podcast. But John Favreau is yes. just the best. He's just the best. He makes he does good things wherever he, he goes. He does, and he makes so. different stuff. I mean, he made he made. He made Jungle Book and Lion King, and he made the Iron Man's, and he made Chef, just this little like independent movie where he's just the chef. And he's made yep. Swingers, Swingers, and uh, Made another Vince Vaughn movie, and he just mm-hmm. makes things with care. And he's just a really good storyteller, and he's got a great team around him. Uh, Taika Waititi's working on this. Bryce Dallas Howard did an episode. Deborah Chow did two of the episodes. One of which is my favorite, The Sin, which is the third episode, and that makes me very hopeful for uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series that'll be coming out because she will be the showrunner on that. 
Um, she was also the the female X-wing pilot at the end of episode six for people who have seen that. Um, and Dave Filoni oh, okay. obviously uh, is the 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 big guy behind all of the current uh, animated Star Wars movies. So eh, it's just it's a really I there's no there's no more to gush. It's really good. Baby Yoda's great. Mando's great. Storytelling is great. It reminds me kind of like a Man with No Name trilogy, the Clint Eastwood movies from like the '60s. It feels like a space western. Um, yeah, not much more to gush about there. We're starting yeah. to run long, so just two more quick things. Yeah. First, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Ma, okay, I'll start with you. Expectations? Anything you're looking forward to or worried about? I don't think I'm worried about anything. I'm re- well. I'm worried about one thing. I'm worried about Adam Driver's pants. But um, besides that, not really worried I know you about have anything. A big problem with Adam Driver and how great of an actor I he is. I have a problem with Adam. Yeah, it's I. But you know what? I mean, we've reviewed another cup, at least one other movie of his, and um, that was a little helpful for me. Even though you still bashed um, him. <laughs> we put up an Instagram poll and everything, and everyone's of, on Adam Driver's that was side. Because, I'm just saying. Listen, <laughs> listen. That was because of his character, though. That was not because of. Adam Driver, so right, uh, which is what I thought it. was going to happen. Yeah, so um, so I'm, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. This is it for me. Like, I, I was struggling with the first two of this series, and if this doesn't pan out for me, it's going to be hard. Like, I'm gonna, I'm just going to be like, okay, all done movies. I guess I'm Disney Plus Star Wars forever now. The movies um, are supposed to be on hiatus so, after this. They're going to focus on Mandalorian and Kenobi and a couple other animated shows. But yeah, I, w- I would hope. Right. I would hope for more movies down the I line. Really... Hopefully, different stuff. Like like Nate said, different corners of the universe. Star Wars is big. I know there's Jedi and lightsabers, but there's a lot. There's a lot of shit out there. You can you can cut touch. Yeah, I have good hopes for this. I don't have any predictions about what's going to happen, but I have a really high hopes. And Nate. Yeah, not too much. Um, I guess a couple of things I'll be looking for is how they wrap up Kylo Ren's character. I would say he's probably been the most interesting from a character development standpoint of the sequel trilogy. Um, Agreed, yeah. And the, you know, will he, won't he uh, kind of come back to the, the light and, you know, will there be a redemption arc for him? You know, I'll be looking for that. I think there are a couple of ways they could potentially wrap that up um, and, and, you know, while including a redemption or, you know, just choose not to, which could be interesting, too, depending on how they how they do that. Um, additionally, you yeah. know, I think a little bit more background to I don't even think I'm going to get this, but a little bit more background to Snoke, who he is, why he I think they're going to address that, that they feel like they have to. Th- that would be great just because he is. He remains, you know, two-thirds of the way through this trilogy, largely a question mark, I think, in, in viewers' eyes. And the last piece is really the Palpatine of it all. What is going on with him? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, we thought he was yeah. gone. It appears that he's not. What's his role no, in did. all of this? Is he climbed into a 50s refrigerator at a nuclear <laughs> demo- demolition site, and after the blast, he survived. <laughs> Okay, well, that would be... That is a, okay. that is a four- that's the prediction we're going with? That's an with? Indiana Jones okay. and the Crystal Skull reference for you all out there who, who got that deep pull. Which is the, the worst of the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, I thought you so, said yeah. Temple of Doom was the worst. Oh, God, you know they're Wait, both is, really bad. No, the Secret Temple Skull, the... Um, that's Crystal the... Skull. Plastic Skull. <laughs> oh, is that the Shia LaBeouf Chris- one? That is the that is the oh one. no that is absolutely yeah. the worst like just unquestionably oh. the worst anyway 
Um, okay. <laughs> I think the only different, different, different. Podcast. <laughs> we'll have to have another one of those. Um, I think the only thing I'm worried about is any more Mary Poppinsing moment where, like, you know, I'll, I'll be seeing the movie with a friend of mine who's, uh, you know, another diehard fan, and then two people who are not. And I guess I just hate being in the movie theater and like feeling like, okay, this is something that I might have to defend later because I don't like, I can, and I will defend <laughs> star Wars, but I had to do that with last Jedi with a lot of people. I really did. Cause I still like that movie, but, <laughs> but I, I don't want to have to, you know, be embarrassed for the movie <laughs> while I'm watching it. <laughs> don't embarrass us. So, I can't no, have another fan of medicine to defend why it's good. Like, no, if you read these four books, it's actually much better. <laughs> yeah. You so will I find it better. Uh, yeah. So you so find much better after Master <laughs> Prentice. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I just like to, you know, see a couple of those things wrapped up and not be, you know, cringing in my seat with some hokiness. I have um, some predictions and stuff. I don't really want to spill them right now because it just, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it when the show comes out when and that will be out in a few days. Um, but yeah, Palpatine, very excited for the return. I don't know what they're going to do though because there's just a lot of open... Force Awakens asked a million questions and Last Jedi said, fuck your questions, we're going to just kill everyone except for <laughs> like 12 people in the Millennium Falcon. And and then and that now what do you do? Like I have no idea what they're gonna do. Um, knowing it's JJ and knowing that he has a kind of boardroom writers room approach to things, I'm worried it'll be a little bit more, a little bit more Force Awakens watered down rehashing. Um, not to say that's necessarily bad because it's 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 fine, but I I don't know I don't I don't know how you make. It's just—it's the problem with the first two. The ter- first two have nothing to do with each other. So how do you make a third one that ties anything together? Um, it's gonna be tough. I'm gonna see it. I'm probably gonna see it a couple times, and I'm probably the first couple times cry. But like, it's Star Wars. It's—it's it's not even fair. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's punching all over <laughs> me. It, do- it doesn't need anything to knock me out. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, oh, uh, one more thing—the Rotten Tomatoes score as of we're recording this has come out. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. I was on the Flickster the other day, just or earlier today, just scrolling through movies. But um, any guesses? Any guesses? Ooh. I would, no. I would guess just based on you know the reception of the the first two trilogy movies that it's going to be like low to mid eighties. Okay, pretty high. Okay, I got a ninety four. As of, I believe, 200 views or reviews earlier today. And, uh, and, and this is the critic review or the uh, This the is the audience. critic, not the user. Okay, the good. user score was very it's poor. Always, you know, this, yeah. yeah. The critical reviews, as of a couple hours ago when I checked on, we're recording this on Wednesday, just so listeners know, 58% critic. Ooh. Oh, man. It's the lowest no. since Phantom Menace. Wow. No. Wow. Uh, the critical consensus is mostly like it's the safest movie. Huh. So take that for what you will. I don't know uh, what all that means for sure. I didn't dig to. Like I didn't spoiler. dig into any spoilers. I don't know any of the spoiler stuff. I just know the general consensus right now, and it. I don't know if that's good or bad because, like, like Nate and I said, we didn't love the first two, so maybe this, maybe this is just the fan service masturbation sesh we need. So, so I don't know. Well, <laughs> hot take. My hot take <laughs> is that. That's a good thing. And we'll, you know, I'm totally, I, I've I got nothing to go. I kind of thought about that, too. I was, 
nothing going into this. I have not seen the movie yet, and hopefully this does not age like milk. But hot take is I think I prefer <laughs> that it's a little bit divisive and that I mean, I guess it depends on which well, side. Last Jedi I was divisive, with. but not among fan, not among critics, among fans. Right, right. The movie know. hasn't been divisive among critics really since since Phantom Menace. I mean, if you look at every other one, they're in they're in the seventies or higher. Even Attack of the Clones and Sith and Solo are all in the seventies or higher. Which is, I guess, what leads me to. I'm so worried they ruined mm. this. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do. But yeah. we're we're running along again. I'll wrap us up with one final yeah. question. Uh, I'll start with Mama K because I think I know her answer already. I think most of us do based on things earlier said. The favorite we already did a favorite movie. We're we're a New Hope and uh, Empire cast here, as most fans are. But favorite character in the whole saga, Mama K. Han Solo. Any explanation needed? <laughs> do you need an explanation? I don't think we He's do. Just a... <laughs> uh, you, you don't. Han Solo. Nate. Yeah. So, knowing this question was coming, <laughs> I, I've actually done a lot of thinking about it, and my my first inclination was also Han Solo, but then I had this, Uh-oh. just, this memory that's been sticking with me ever since of Moff Tarkin, and... Oh, I thought you were going to say Dexter Jetster. He's, so what I will have to say is, I think, <laughs> I think of, <laughs> of the movies... Of the movies, Han Solo is my favorite. If I'm allowed to incorporate uh, additional media, additional material outside of just the movies, then that's actually got to change to uh, to Tarkin. There's a lot of really rich. There's a lot of really rich uh, background and, and history uh, about his sort of growing up years on Eriadu. What was, I mean, he was a part of like this crazy family that made you go through like these ridiculous challenges to prove that you were like worthy, but it made him into this really interesting character, soldier, ultimately pulled into politics by who we now know as Palpatine. Uh, so an early, early ally of the emperor. Um, yeah, just a really fascinating backstory. So I, if I can broaden beyond the movies, I, I have to go with Tarkin. And, um, uh, good picks for you guys. I like both the characters quite a bit, but if, I don't know if anyone knows me, if anyone heard me before, but there is only one man in this universe. And I love Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's a close second. He's the my favorite good guy. I really love Obi-Wan. The trilogy is the best part. Um, really wise presence, even though Alec Guinness hated Star Wars. He still showed up and, and made him really good. Oh, well. Um, the best character in all of Star Wars is Emperor Palpatine. No. <laughs> it's, it's, no. it's not even... It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart and soul Emperor every time you Palpatine. say it. Every time. First of all, yeah. I just said Obi-Wan's the best part of the prequels. I just lied. Because Emperor Palpatine's the I lied like Palpatine would. He's the best part of the prequels. He's in my favorite scene of all time in the original trilogy, which is, of course, the end of Revenge of the... That's another thing. He played the same character... In Return of the Jedi, and then 15 years later, played a 30-year younger version of that character. And then he played it twice. He had to play a a senator who turned into a chancellor, and he had to play a Sith Lord on the side. And then, and now he's coming back for another movie? The only reason I'm really excited for this new one is because fucking Palpatine's going to be doing something. Palpatine is is just, he loves himself, and he loves evil. That's it. He just loves himself and loves evil. Every time he's killing people and electrocuting people and manipulating people, he's, like, chuckling to himself, and he's so composed. He's Shakespearean, because Ian McDermott, the actor who plays him, very Shakespearean theater actor. Palpatine makes me smile 
all the time. No matter what form he takes, no matter what he's doing, no matter what stupid boring dialogue or fun, weird, campy dialogues coming out of his mouth, Palpatine makes me smile. Palpatine is the reason I really love Star Wars. <laughs> I think the only reaction my, my motherly pride, yeah, is just my motherly pride is just you know right out just a hundred percent right now. I I hope Palpatine. I, I raised you uh, well. My only yeah, reaction to that is uh, let the hate flow through you. Oh, <laughs> good. Oh. But one more thing this before we, just, we do our sign-offs. Uh, yeah. There's a YouTube channel called Red Letter, Red Letter Media, and a pro- very popular. I'm sure a lot of people who listen have listened to that before. Um, and they did a big thing on the prequels and why they have all these problems, and it's very funny and it's very insightful. Um, but they have a whole thing on um, predictions for, for the newest uh, thing, and they're like, how is Palpatine alive? How is he coming back? And they're saying that because the... You know the the Death Star blew up right above Endor. That all the pieces crashed in Endor caused this ecological disaster, and that Palpatine has been like uh, somehow alive because the dying Ewoks have like been serving him force. Like he's on this throne of like oh Ewok God. bones, and all these like emaciated, scary Ewoks are like feeding him his his dark dark side powers. And like I was thinking about like how do you make the Ewoks cool for everyone? You make them twisted and evil and work for Palpatine. I'm like, oh my God. So you're the saying that they are already cool. So you're saying that Palpatine succeeded three PO as the Ewok god. Is that I what you're saying? saying? <laughs> that exact thing. I'm thinking at this point he looks like uh, the, the spine in the chair from SpongeBob, uh, the chocolate grandma. But um, ugh, oh my I, God. it's a theory that's not going to happen. But I, it, it would be so if the fucking they go to indoor you don't know. and there's all these rabbit Ewoks and they take take him to like a Palpatine throw and he's sitting on like a pile of old stormtrooper helmets or something. Oh. God, if he's maybe that's why the critic reviews on you know Rotten Tomatoes are in the face. Oh, it'd be my favorite Star Wars movie if they if they if they had the balls to do that. It doesn't sound like they're going Jeez. to, but um, that's a tangent. Go you listen cannot... to Red Letter Media on YouTube if you have any more interest in that story. They're 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 a good they're a good uh, channel to follow. Um, that's it for Star Wars talk for now. It's a big yeah. topic. We could probably revisit it in the future, and you will hear our thoughts on Rise of Skywalker in a few days. Mama K will be on. Nicole will be back on for that episode. We'll wave to goodbye to Nate until the next episode. We we need his expertise on. Bye, Nate. Um, but yeah, Mama K, Nate, thank you guys for being on for this Star Wars discussion. You're welcome. Thanks, Nate. That was great. Of course. Thanks for having me. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off, saying thanks for listening and enjoy your. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.lib.